Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on the show today. Uh, this is coming to you guys very late in the week, so hopefully... Uh, you know, you still find Kai's, some time. Ty's been slacking. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> complete opposite, actually. Uh, yeah, so this is coming a little late in the week, guys. Hopefully, you still find some time to watch, uh, listen to this before the race in Sonoma. Obviously, we're gonna, we're still gonna recap the Charlotte weekend, even though it is kind of further away than we normally do. Um, but there's also other news to get to, so we'll get to all that, and then we'll uh, preview Sonoma. Um, but before that, guys, we got to talk about another rumor circulating uh, the NASCAR garages right now. So we talked a little bit ago about uh, Kislowski most likely moving to the number six and being a uh, part of Roush Fenway Racing next year, maybe having ownership stake in the team as well. Uh, so now it's coming out that Kurt Busch could be on the move from Chip Ganassi in the number one car. Uh, and where is he going? Uh, Chris Phillison, since you are the one that took the notes on this, so uh, what did you what did you see on this one? What's kind of the rundown with Kurt Busch's situation right now? Well, it's obviously not a done deal because nothing's done this early in the year. Although, right, yes. So his agreement with Chip Canassi was is he couldn't talk to anybody before the first of June. Mm-hmm. So on the first of June, it was announced <laughs> <laughs> that there was a really good chance that he was going to the twenty three XI in mm-hmm. a second car without a charter, and Denny Hamlin held forth on the whole charter thing and said, basically, the charter system goes away, I think, in 14, maybe, Mm. or no, check that, 2024. 2024, okay. Right. I was like, we already passed 2014 a while ago. Well, you know, anyway. So he's basically saying, no, we can put a car in the field every week without a charter. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're hiring a driver that we know that can do that. Yeah, I think so. uh, I think that's pretty fair to say, though. Uh, so this was reported by the Athletic uh, first, and I think other outlets have picked it up. And it's kind of, you know, it's another rumor that seems very strongly corroborated with a lot of other sources. Uh, obviously, it's it's gaining traction because of the strong reporting by the athletic, which when they're picking something up, it seems, you know, it's, it's very, uh, valid when it comes to, yeah, usually it's a done deal when they, Mm -hmm. when they report on it. Mm -hmm. So this raises a few questions, Amos, uh, about Chip Canassi and the number one car and everything, but let's get your take on Kurt Busch going to 23 XI second car. We knew this was coming because they said that they will have a second car next year for sure. Uh, whether it is uncharted or not, I guess we will see. I mean, it probably will be unchartered uh, as of now. But what do you think about Kurt Busch making the jump to Toyota? Uh, obviously experienced. Um, we talked a, a, a couple shows ago about how he's been to a lot of places. But what do you think? Well, my first reaction is it's probably just a straight-across move as far as equipment and everything goes, in my opinion. I mean, 23XI is not knocking down the door for anything this year. Maybe next year's different with the next-gen car. Uh, maybe Kurt Busch brings in, like you said, some experience that helps elevate the team a little bit. I understand why, you know, we were doing some talking off air, and I understand why 
they would go with Kurt Busch. He's got experience. He has the ability to get the car into the race every weekend if they have to go unchartered. I don't know that it's like a huge step up. It's definitely not a step down, but I don't think I, I don't know that it really brings Kurt Busch any closer to a Cup Series championship. But I think it helps him stabilize and kind of be a mentor to twenty three XI and Bubba Wallace. Do you think that this is a good move for twenty three XI as an organization necessarily? I mean, uh, to be frank, this is a seasoned driver shall we say uh north of 40 we could say and this will be what like his fourth fifth major quote-unquote team i guess you could say and not that necessarily 23xi is a major team um but does this like progress that organization would you say because wallace is a fairly young driver right now still fairly inexperienced when it comes to uh, you know, his time in the Cup Series. And he's obviously been improving throughout this season, um, which I think we all thought would come as they got further into the season. I guess what I'm getting at is you're not necessarily bringing in a young driver. You're not looking at someone like Matt DiBenedetto or an Xfinity type of driver. What is the idea, do you think, with bringing in a more experienced driver here? Well, I'd like to see if it is. I mean, I don't know if it's all confirmed, said, and done, but I'd like to see some details. I'll, I'm going to say that Monster goes with Kurt Busch. So 23XI sees that as a that seems, huge upgrade. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, not a bad sponsor. That's not right? a bad shout because I do believe that when Kurt Busch, and maybe you guys can correct me if I am wrong on this, but when Kurt Busch was with Stuart Haas in the 41, I do feel like he had some Monster sponsorship with him there too. Yeah. So the Monster sponsorship kind of follows him around, it seems like. Um, I would I would say you are probably pretty spot on there. And maybe it's Monster that wants to be with 23XI and Kurt mm. Busch is going with them. There you maybe go. Kurt Busch. I mean, the thing is, is it's it's not really a loss for, for Kurt Busch or 23XI, in my opinion. Maybe it helps Denny Hamlin himself as a, as a race car driver because then he can maybe some of the stuff he's doing to help 23XI get ready for races, Kurt Busch can step in and help with that. Then obviously it gives them more resource, more data, more testing, whatever. I don't know if there's any truth or rumor to it. I this is me thinking out loud. Maybe Kurt Busch is gonna drive for a year or two, get the team going, and then move on to to management or mm. you know a yeah. Jimmy, uh, what's his name, Fleming, with Roush with Routes, yeah. Um, Chad Canal style setup mm, okay. for twenty three XI. You know, Kurt Busch is not he's not getting younger. He's got to be thinking of the future. Yeah. Brad Keselowski's looking towards the future. Denny Hamlin's looking to the future. So I mean it makes sense to me that he kind of gets in on the ground of a new team and and can kind of go from there. And I mean, let's face it, money talks and BS walks in NASCAR. Mm. So if Monster's gonna sport fifteen million with the next gen car and sponsor Kurt Busch for a year or two, why not? Is there another side of the coin to this for you, Chris? Is this a negative in any way you see? Because I feel like Amos is pretty overall positive for 23XI and making this move. Would you push back on any of that, or do you mostly agree? No, no. The only thing that he didn't mention that I think needs to be brought up is Kurt Busch is familiar with the route, or Roush, with the Joe Gibbs system mm-hmm. because he drove the Toyotas for Kyle Busch Motorsports several yeah. years ago. Uh, with a Monster Energy sponsorship, I yeah, might add. There you go. And I, 
I hadn't thought about what Amos said, but you know, it's highly possible that Monster wants to go with the 23XI. I think that's a very valid argument. It seems to me that the that team with Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, we're not. You can't discount uh, Bubba Wallace as part of the equation here either. People and sponsors are being very drawn to that team. So. Well, I got to tell you, that team, the way it's going now, is going to be swimming in money in a couple of years if Monster goes yeah. over there because yeah. they've got. I mean, they've got sponsors out the, you know. Wazoo. Yeah. It's a, so, and, and good sponsors of that, too. Yeah, oh, mean, yeah. Exactly. You know, not just small and, sponsors. You know, as everyone knows, I've not been a big Bubba Wallace fan. Sure. And and if the kid will get mature enough to listen, okay, because I think that's what it comes down to. He's just, he's not mature. But if he'll settle down and start listening to these guys that have experience, like Denny Hamlin, like Kurt Busch, he could become a really great driver. Mm. Well, and that might be some of this move, too, is Kyle Busch has been around the sport for a really long time. He's won championships. He's raced at the highest level for the best guys. Maybe you are bringing in a Kyle Busch type of guy or a Kurt Busch type of guy to kind of mentor along Wallace for a season or two, give mm-hmm. him some experience in looking at data, like kind of Amos was saying, you're going to have – uh, a, a guy in there that knows what he's doing around those computers and simulations see, and stuff. See, so. here's the thing, too. I think when everybody saw that 23XI was being formed and Bubba Wallace was going to be the driver, mm-hmm. I think they all thought that he was going to magically go from a mid-pack driver to a front runner. Yeah. And that hasn't produced, which comes back to what I kind of intuitively knew was going on in the fact that he was running mid-pack not because of Richard Petty Motorsports, but because that's what his skill level would allow him to do. And so they've got to bring somebody in to get the kid settled down, to get him to understand that in order to run in the front, mm-hmm. you got to be a front runner. Yeah. Well, you got to have that mindset, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I think even though Kurt Busch isn't a front runner week in and week out, you know, as his career has progressed, he well, has he has that mentality and that mindset. Yeah, and the thing is, I think it comes back to equipment. I mean, mm-hmm. witness what happened at Charlotte. Yeah, you know, both those cars grenaded <laughs> early in the lap, right. early in the race, and they finished bottom. And, and so. yeah, Hendrick Motorsports is saying, "Hey, you know, it was on us. Big apology and all that." But at the end of the day, they can't really control how the motors are installed in the cars, how the things are set up. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it could. It could have been a lot of factors that caused those things to... I agree with that. You know. I mean, Chip Canassi is kind of responsible for the equipment after it's handed off to them, right? So, oh, yeah, exactly. None of the Hendrix cars blew up, so... Yeah, or... You or, know, yeah. Hendrick can say, I'm sorry, this may what is what happened, but they finished one, two, four, five. Yeah. Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch was 36 and 37 or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, no, well, I agree. Last two finishers, at any rate. All right, so this brings up another question. Um, Chip Ganassi, I feel like, is you know a decent-sized team. It's not a bad driver seat to take by any means. I mean, Kyle Larson was in the 42. We've seen that it's kind of propelled his career to further success after his suspension and everything. You know, I think Ross Chastain is trending in a really good direction as the season has continued uh like i feel like it's kind of a team where it's a middle step to the bigger stage um so this now brings up the question who if let's just say this is you know confirmed kurt bush does move to 23xi which we're neither saying is confirmed or not let's hypothetical this out say that is the case who 
is some of the candidates you think could jump into the number one next year. Um, an interesting article by Fansided, uh, which yeah, I found online, um, by, let's see, Randy Smith, uh, pointed out five drivers that I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, Noah Gregson, Josh Berry, two Xfinity drivers racing for Junior Motorsports, both. Eric Amarola, we've kind of documented his struggles. At Stuart Haas on the show quite a bit. Ryan Newman, who is most likely going to be without a ride next year, it would seem. Um, you know, also maybe could retire, you never know. And Matt Bedadetto, who as of now is probably going to be without a ride too, but we do have our theories on that as well. Um, so there's kind of five names. I don't think I put much stock into a couple of them. Um, do you guys have anyone else that you'd like to bring up and talk about? We'll start with Chris on this one. Uh, what, what would you say? I could see Josh Berry or Noah Gregson going into the seat. Mm-hmm. pretty readily. Um, I'm convinced in my mind that Matt Benedetto is going to end up in the number two car just because I know some of the inner work. You know, Penske has said that Cindric's going to go to the Wood Brothers car. And the reason they're doing that, Ty, is because Cindric needs to develop more experience. He's been running that uncharted car, but, the you know, at the end of the day, he needs he needs more seat time in the in the big series in order to – yeah, true. You know, advanced. And I can't see them putting him in the number two car for I do that. think that he's looked very talented in the 33 in the few races he has been yeah, in, though. So. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he has, and I'll give you that. Um, I don't see Ryan Newman moving into that car simply because I think Ryan's, now that he's out of the six, for all intents and purposes, I think his next move is going to be into retirement. Could be. Although into I hate the to see engineering field. Well, like. yeah, I hate to see Ryan Newman leave the – Roush organization because I think between him and Jimmy Fennig, you know they've they've moved that organization into a more competitive nature mm-hmm. for this year. In my mind, Chip Ganassi's got to decide what they're going to do. You know they're in all forms of motorsports basically. They're in the endurance racing, they're in the NASCAR, they're mm-hmm. in IndyCar, and maybe maybe they're not putting the kind of effort into NASCAR that you really have to put into it to be competitive. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my thoughts on the whole deal. All right. Uh, Amos, would you say there's any other drivers that come to your mind or anyone from this list that would interest you? Uh, You know, I kind of think you're having a big-time sponsor most likely leave your garage with Kurt Busch if the Monster Energy sponsor does go to 23XI like we think it might. Bringing in Eric Amarola, who kind of has that Smithfield sponsorship, if Stuart Haas is willing to let that go or doesn't want him around anymore, it's kind of a like-for-like like replacement in some ways. Maybe yeah, I not mean, with talent, but, you know. Well, I don't <laughs> I mean, when Eric Camarola's <laughs> running well, he's he'll, he produces good results. He's just hit a really horrible string of bad luck and other things this year. So, I mean, it's hard to place your finger on why he's running poorly, but... From what I've read, everything I've seen on the internet, it's basically Smithfield and Eric Amarola. I don't know that Stuart Haas is going to part ways with it unless they can replace with an equal driver and equal sponsorship. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it might not be their decision either. Um, I agree with Chris. I don't really see Ryan Newman. I don't know that that's an upgrade. Not that Ryan Newman's not a, you know, he's a good driver and all. But I just, I don't really see... One, him wanting to step back into a car like that, maybe kind of rebuild a car. Yeah. I don't know that that's what Ganassi wants. I don't think he needs that in his organization as far as, like, the experience or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my my guess is it's going to be the void is filled with somebody who brings sponsorship. 
unless Ganassi can pull something together, which he may be, and maybe he knows what's going on. I mean, obviously, Kurt Busch knew what he was doing before June 1st, so I'm sure Ganassi kind of knew what he was going to do, what he would have to do in order to maintain the one and sponsorship if Kurt Busch leaves. So my my opinion is it's probably going to be an experienced driver with sponsorship. So Eric Amarola seems to be a good thing. Um, the two Xfinity guys, Noah Griggs and Josh Berry, they're, they're good drivers, but I think you're going to have – I think that's too young a lineup, too inexperienced for Ganassi to compete where he's going to have to be with him, with, say, them two, either of them two guys and Austin Sendricks. So, yeah, I see, like I said, a, a veteran driver with some sponsorship behind him is what I see filling that seat. All right, so uh, a couple other names that come to my mind that – wasn't on this list we just talked about uh just a simple answer yes no you know interested or not uh in this potentially happening ryan priest i mean he's been racing i think pretty good in the 37 uh he's on the uncharted car in 37 too anyone interested in that one i'm gonna sell on that one no okay not unless sponsorship's coming with him i mean he's doing good but i don't i agree with ty i don't i don't see that happening uh eric jones no. I you know, and we haven't talked about this very much, but I don't know Petty's future, so you know. I think that'd be a good if if they had solid sponsorship for that car, I could see that being a decent move for Eric Jones and Ganassi. All right. Uh two other Xfinity guys right now, AJ Allmendinger or Daniel Hemrick. I mean Hemrick was on the eight before Reddick right. come in and replaced him. And Allmendinger does have cup experience too. Could we see either of those guys? I think Almondinger's pretty much committed to where he's at. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't think he has a desire to do a full-time gig again. Mm. And who was the other guy you mentioned? Daniel Hemrick. Boy, that's a that could happen. That could happen? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, it's a it's an Xfinity driver with some cup experience, so yeah. I think it's worth putting him on the list. Uh, I know everyone very... You know, into Noah Gregson, I think he's probably the next big thing out of Xfinity, personally. Um, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere until Junior decides to jump into Cup and takes him with him. But Because either he's going to go with Junior when he jumps up to Cup, or he'd go to Hendrick. But there's not going to be a Hendrick right open for the next decade, so yeah, I we'll see. Um, Amos, you not really on either of those, right? Yep. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, da- Daniel Hemrick, he's a good driver. A.J. Allmendinger, I, I agree with Chris. I think he's probably been there, done that. I think he's really enjoying running in the Xfinity Series, and then it probably gives him the opportunity to run in some other cars and series. So I, I don't really see either one of them happening. All right, well, uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about with this Kurt Busch situation uh, with Chip Ganassi looking for a new driver potentially, uh, or do you guys want to get into the race? Let's do the race. You want to get into the race. All right. And Amos yeah. is shaking Because, I mean, the reality yes. is, is Amos uh, and I can sit here and speculate all night about mm-hmm. who might go into that seat. And we don't know any more than, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it's all pure speculation at this time. Actually, it'll firm up in about September is my guess. All right. Give me a per- – the last thing that I want to ask then. Give me a percentage number on how likely you feel Monster does go with Kurt Busch if he leaves. I don't want to say 100% because nothing's 100% mm-hmm. in this world, but I'd say it's a high 90s. High 90s, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I agree. I was going to say like 80%, but I think it's very 
likely. Would anyone be surprised if Monster didn't go with him and moved on to a younger driver to stick with for the long term? I would be. Yeah. You would be. I, okay. The more I think about it, the more I like the thoughts of maybe 23 excise after Monster Energy and Monster Energy wants Kurt Busch. Mm. All right. For now. All that's right. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's... I think you've hit it right on the money. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. And I think we know a lot more before... September? The mm. end of the regular season. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I think the Kislowski thing's figured out. I think Kurt Busch has figured out. I think. Well, we knew Christopher the, Bell was going to Joe Gibbs before the playoffs right. started. Well, you know, like Jim Canassi's And, and all to play out. off of what you're saying, I can kind of see it being pretty much decided before the chase starts. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. I, I mean, I think if I'm, if I'm a team owner, I'm looking for sponsorship and or I have a driver with sponsorship, I want that known going into the season and you start having everything in play. Especially if say like say like Eric Amarola goes, I mean the chances of him making the the chase are very slim. They're so getting smaller he, every day. Yeah. <laughs> so if he and the sponsorship are gonna go to Ganassi and I'm just speculating and that's not what I'm saying, then it makes complete sense for Stuart Hawes to start phasing him out and for Ganassi to start getting him in and start getting prepared for mm-hmm. the coming season. Mm. Especially with the changeover of cars. All right, so let's get into this race recap. Uh, We spent a lot of time talking about that speculation, so I don't think we'll spend a ton of time on the race recap. Um, I don't think we got to spend a ton of time on the race recap. That's true. There, (laughs) there wasn't. There's not going to be a ton to talk about because it was a race largely dominated by our winner at the end of the day. Uh, But let's Mm. just kind of go over some of the big things. So right away, Hendrick is already out to another really strong start. Obviously, um, it seems like the last month they've just dominated everyone. Uh, pretty much the entire first stage, they ran one, two, three with Larson, uh, Elliott, and Byron up there. Uh, so it was, it was very dominated by Larson, though. I mean, he was in the front a majority of the time. Pit stops didn't change much. Uh, we saw a few guys try and gamble. Not a lot of cautions in the first stage. Uh, the big thing, I think, is uh, the 42 was retired early. I think he actually got back out on the track for a second, uh, but so was Kurt Busch. Uh, they both retired early. Um, I think, you know, we've kind of had a running joke on the show the last couple of weeks. Bill has been getting into different people's garages. I think he found his way into Chip Ganassi's garage because they both had oil pump belt problems, which that's weird for the same two cars to have the same exact problem from the same garage. So I uh, thought that was pretty interesting. You know, like I said, it was largely dominated by Larson in the first stage. He got his lead out to 3.5, and uh, I I believe that the stage did finish under caution because of uh, Suarez had a tire go down, and we were pretty close to the end of the stage. It just kind of finished that way then. Uh, Larson won stage one. And this race was broken into four stages, right, guys? So we have to yeah. we have to keep that in mind as we move forward. Because um, I didn't realize that as we kept going. I was like, wait, there's four stages? Um, so Elliot, Byron, Harvick, Dylan, your top five. Uh, RCR, really good first stage. Both their cars in the top eight. Hendrick, all cars in the top ten. You know, it, it was a stage very much dominated by Larson. Uh, what did you guys think, though? I mean, could you take away much early on? Were we like... <laughs> Okay, Larson's just going to stay out in front again. Or how much were we thinking the weather, uh, well, the changing of the day into night would affect the cars, if at all? I mean, Kyle Busch was looking stronger as the race continued as well. Um, Chris, were you 
Were you kind of like, okay, well, this isn't going to be much of a race? Well, it's it's often been said because the, the 600 starts in the daytime, races into the night. Mm-hmm. And it's often been said that the, the mystique of the 600 is, is you're racing the track more than you're racing your competitors because you're trying to keep up with the track making adjustments and that sort of thing. So as the temperatures change, yeah, you know, your car stays competitive. And I, I got to tell you, that Hendrick team, all four cars, yeah, they were just beating them silly with staying up with the track. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I kind of expected to see a couple of them fall off. Yeah. But, man, they didn't fall off at all. If anything, they got stronger as the day got, you know, cooler. <laughs> I agree with know. that. Amos, I know that... Uh, you know, we've kind of already said what there is to be said, but would you say much more about the first stage? I mean, Hendrick looked good again, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm watching the – I kind of come late to the first stage, so I didn't get to see all of it. I was able to follow some of it through the Internet. But all I could think is, okay, Larson's dominating, Elliot's running good, Hendrick's looking good. But they're going to find a way to screw it up. I mean, that's all I could think through the first stage. So, oh, really? Not, there's not really more, much more I can say than that. All right, all right. So, uh, I guess that's your stage one recap, guys. Larson dominated, and he was, Amos was skeptical. He was stinking up the show. <laughs> nah, I mean, I think it was still an entertaining first mm-hmm. stage, even though. See, so this is the thing. Like, we've had some of these races he, go this way. He was where so one far ahead. Car of, is dominating, but I'm still actually enjoying the race because he was there's so good far ahead behind. at some points in that race. Yeah. He wasn't even in the same zip code as everybody yeah, else. I mean, it was like it happens. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when he won at Vegas, right? Like, yeah. Um, all right, so into stage two, uh, Larson is still leading. But Elliot is actually looking better in this stage. I mean, he's starting to come on really strong, I thought. Um, it was also in this stage, about 42 laps into it, that uh, Kurt Busch went to the garage with issues. And then I think Chastain wasn't, you know, he wasn't too far behind him. Uh, pit stops, you know, this was going to be an important pit stop because the sun was getting lower at this point and adjustments were going to have to be made. Uh, if anyone was going to start beating these Hendrick cars, now was the time to make the adjustments to, to get there. After the pits, it seemed like uh, Byron was in second. Larson was back in the lead. Uh, Elliott was back in third. Byron had a pretty good pit stop to get in front of Elliott here. Uh, a caution come out after Kurt Busch come back to the pit, uh, back to the track, and he ended up blowing up. Uh, that was nice. I mean... <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He got out there. He wasn't even on the track. Like, he wasn't merged back onto the track yet, and it just blew up. Uh, so that was nice. <laughs> um, so we were pretty near the end of stage two at this point. Well, I mean, 20 laps, I guess you could say, in the 100-lap stage. A couple of guys gambled and took two tires. You know, notable guys were, I believe, Logano, Bowman, Hamlin, guys like that. The strategy didn't really work, though, for those cars because, well, essentially, once again, uh, Kyle Larson just took everyone over and you know Elliot had the lead for a second Larson got it back real quick the the tire gamble didn't work Larson won stage two again Elliot Byron Kyle Busch and Reddick round out your top five another good stage for RCR um, I know that you know Hendrick is the big focal point at this point for the Chevys uh, but RCR is right behind them in a lot of ways they're just not getting to the front and leading laps and winning uh, like we're we're seeing Hendrick do. Uh, at this point, Kyle Busch seemed like one of the only non-Hendrick cars that I think was actually a contender. Would anyone disagree? 
Go no, ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Outside of Hendrick, Kyle Busch was looking good. RCR, like you said, started out the race really well. Um, other guys had their issues. At this point, Hendrick had them covered. There was really like Kurt Busch was the three to five car, Bowman, you know, guys like that. So, or Kyle Busch, sorry. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he. He couldn't just not – he had to keep working on his car. I think he did a great job of keeping up with the track, and and he's really starting to get back to his race-winning form, which is unfortunate for all the <laughs> Kyle Busch haters. But, um, yeah, I mean, he looked good. It was a good race for Kyle. For you is what you're saying, then. Yeah. I'm not the – I know for 100% certainty I'm not the only one out there mm, in Radio yeah. Land. Yeah. That doesn't really care for Kyle Busch. Yeah, well, one of our hosts very much loves him, as we see the hat displayed <laughs> above us here. Um, <laughs> Chris, I mean, we know you are a Kyle Busch fan, and obviously Maybe you're going to have because I like him. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have a slightly slanted view here, but how confident were you in Kyle Busch, if at all? Here, the problem that I was having with, and I love the fact that Kyle Busch was running up front, but other than Denny Hamlin doing his normal yeoman running in the top ten type thing. The JGR cars were not really anything to write home about. Martin Truex was really struggling and, on the night. I and, mean, and that amazed me because Martin Truex is usually pretty good yeah. at Charlotte, and he just, that car just was never under him the whole night. And Christopher Bell didn't have a very good car either, you know, so I... Led three laps, though. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> I must say. Um, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. The JGR performance was a little disappointing, uh, but Kyle Busch was carrying the flag for sure, man. Yeah, he was. Maybe what's happened is is that now they've kind of all decided, well, okay, Denny's got his own team going on here, <laughs> and they're kind of shuffling who draws what car now. Mm. So maybe Kyle's kind of drawing the better cars. I don't know. I have kind of noticed that either Truex is winning the race or he's in the back. Yeah. Wreckers or checkers, baby. Like him and Bowman... That has been their yeah. mo all season. Uh, we talked about we've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah. It's, so, uh, but hey, it, it's working out for them. Yeah, whatever they got, they the got most wins, wins right now, right? So, so uh, all right. So we get started back into stage two. Byron has the lead off of the stage stops and everything. Larson and Elliott, obviously, you know, big contenders here as well. Uh, I think Kyle Busch didn't have the best pit stops, so he wasn't um, in the best position to start this third stage. Harvick. He had to come back into the pits. Like he was, he was also racing good. You know, can't discount the only Stuart Haas car that shows up every day. Uh, but he had loose wheel problem. He tried to stay out as long as he could. He had to come in like thirty eight laps into this last, into this third stage. Pit stops didn't do much. Um, the biggest thing was there was a caution in this third stage with about five to go. Uh, Newman cut a tire. He hit the wall. It was about the only caution of the entire day, really. Other than Kurt Busch blowing up, but like an actual caution that created some damage that we could see on the track and everything. Um, so Larson, you know, he was leading, dominating the stage up to this point. But I think this was opening the door to maybe Byron, maybe Elliott at this point. Uh, it was still kind of up in the air. I also, you know, had to point out the fact that Wallace was running, Bubba Wallace was running around 10th all day. And I was yeah, like, wow, was. this is a half mile track. I wouldn't necessarily say his strong suits necessarily uh, when it comes to what we've seen throughout the season. But I feel like this was one of his more impressive performances uh, of the season, really. So, uh, you know, I, I found that interesting. Uh, it was, it was you know, last stage still went to Larson, though. He swept all three of the first stages. 
Now, the big question was, could he finish? Because this was like the third or fourth time we'd seen this this season where he'd won all stages except for the last one and ended up losing the race. Were we confident or were we not confident, Amos? I mean, were you thinking, oh, he's got it. He's been too dominant to lose it. Yeah, by the time the fourth stage hit, I was thinking, I mean, thinking what was going to happen was we was going to get some late race cautions or some crazy pit strategy on the green flag stops in the fourth stage, and that would kind of shuffle Larson, and then his car would go away because he had been set up to run out front for so long. But obviously that didn't happen. It it just kind of, they just had him covered. There was the only way that, in my mind, that was the only way that he was going to lose the race is if we had a phantom caution at the end, if somebody blew another tire. But, yeah, I mean, going after that green flag pit stop, I was like, yeah, he's he's running away with this. There ain't nobody going to catch him. So You had the same thoughts there, Chris? Or were you... uh you know, you you tend to be the more pessimistic of us sometimes. <laughs> Were you like, I'm going to screw it up? Way yeah. too pessimistic. But here's the thing: when I understood what happened to the Ganassi cars' motors, mm. which they did make mention of that in the broadcast, I, I started to get a little bit nervous about Hendrick even finishing the race as a whole, okay, because I'm yeah. thinking, well, you've had two engine failures now. Yeah, they know what failed. But who's to say that the other four cars aren't going to have I see what you know, you're saying, yeah. issues? So, and Larson was using his car pretty hard to stay out in front. I mean, there were guys that were pushing him. You know, Chase Elliott was pushing him. Kurt Busch or Kyle Busch was. Those three guys behind him, him were racing hard too. Yeah, though. they I mean, they were racing hard, and I yeah. I just you know it's a 600 mile race, which puts a lot of strain on a car. Mm-hmm. So. I would agree with that. Uh, so we do get started in this last stage. Larson finds himself in the lead out of the pits. Uh, Kyle Busch at this point, he's he's trying to run him down. I mean, I thought for a minute maybe Kyle Busch would get him here. Um, but he Larson does end up increasing his lead a little bit. Elliot Byron Bush, Bowman sitting behind him. Uh, now at this point, I was like, okay, we might actually see a one, two, three, four again from Hendrick. I was like, man, this is going to be crazy. Uh, first time it's happened in forever that all cars finish that high. And then we might see it, you know, just after a couple weeks after it happened. So, um, you know, Elliot started having some problems in this stage for whatever reason. He had to fall back. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it was team orders. I know those don't exist technically in NASCAR, but it was kind of weird because he kind of let Bush and Byron go past him. And it seemed like Byron was getting stronger as the race wore on in this last stage. Uh, Byron actually come to the pits first, and I think he was trying to get out ahead of everybody and get a good pit stop, you know, have an open pit road to go down and not have to worry about any of that. But it was actually Larson that had a really good pit stop, and he actually ends up increasing his lead after his pit stop. And at that point, I was like, this is over, uh, 25 to go. I, I wrote, you know, if this stays green, then no problem. Amos, you didn't think it was going to stay green. I'm sure Chris would didn't think it was going to stay green because usually it doesn't, right? He was probably hoping it would stay green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Larson ends up actually increasing his lead out to 11 seconds at the end and wins it going away from everybody. Uh, it was super weird. With like five laps to go, it seemed like everyone was just like falling, and he's just like, okay, I'm going to go. And he just smashed it, had a huge lead at the end. No one was going to catch him. It was race for second at the end of the day. 
you know, it does go to Chase Elliott, who figured it back out. I didn't think it was much of a race for a second, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think Kyle <laughs> Busch had pretty much used his car up trying to keep up with them guys. Well, he tried. Uh, Kyle Busch does come in third, though. William Byron fourth. Bowman fifth. Austin Dillon in sixth. Denny Hamlin seventh. Chris Buescher, another amazing performance, uh, in eighth for Roush Fenway. And then we have Tyler Reddick in ninth, and Kevin Harvick recovers from his loose wheel to get into 10th. If it wasn't for bad luck, and you know, maybe Kevin Harvick would have a win by now in this season. So also worth mentioning, Hendrick now holds the most wins in NASCAR history by a single owner. Team owner uh, passes Petty Enterprises for that. Pretty cool uh, for Hendrick. I mean, he's been in this sport for a long time. He's had some big names come through and get a lot of wins for him. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, this was Larson's race through and through. Uh, there was never really a point where it looked like he wasn't going to win this race, right, Chris? He he was dominant the whole day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just hey, great. You know, the car held together. He had a big lead. Was basically making everybody look like they were running in the B main in comparison to him. You know, and did it surprise you how dominant he was? I mean, it's a six hundred mile race. Lot, lots is always made about that fact, but he was out in front I've, the entire race. I've thought about Charlotte in the six hundred race a lot, and it seems to me, in my foggy memory, that you got a guy that it they either really dominate or it's a super close race at the end. Yeah, you know, you're either you're going to have one extreme or the other. It's never questionable whether a guy's going to win or not mm. it comes to my mind and probably i'm foggy on this but i, I think jimmy johnson and daryl waltrip used to really blow the competition away at this track and and then there's been some super slow or super slow super close finishes at the end too so i mean he, he got to hand it to hendrick motorsports whatever they did over the winter from last year man they the adjustments they've made have just it's worked. Yeah, it's called getting Kyle Larson in your car. <laughs> well, well, that didn't what? hurt. Yeah, I'm sure there were. It's others, not just that though, because all four of those cars are running very impressively. Mm, I would agree with that, uh, but I feel like Larson's taken his car to a new level that Bowman wasn't necessarily having in the '88 for sure. Uh, last season, at least. We kind of want to talk more about Hendrick here, Amos. I mean, how impressive is it that? He has now the most wins by a team owner. I mean, it's a crazy record. And to take it away from Petty Enterprises, too, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely a huge milestone for Hendrick, probably for for NASCAR in general. I mean, it's Petty has the last name Petty has dominated NASCAR for a lot of years. I don't know that, what, JGR is the next closest I think so. team, but they're like... They're way back. <laughs> yeah. 70 Probably, races huh? back from, and, yeah. and then he could, I'm sure he'll catch Petty. Yeah, I agree. In his time frame. The thing of it is with the Richard Petty Motorsports, I mean, you got to, you got to think that 200 of those wins were Richard Petty himself. Right. Yeah. So they kind of had a hard time eking out the 68 other wins. Well, right. I think I was looking too, and I'm not sure if this is for sure or not, but uh, I think their last win. Like Petty was in 1999 in Martinsville. Like Chris, I don't know if that sounds right or not, but I was kind of looking back through some of the history of their cars, and I don't know if they've gotten a win since it 1999. Kind of strikes me as maybe John Andretti at Martinsville was the yeah, last win they go. probably hey, had. That's pretty good. Yep. Uh, so. See, Chris knows his history. Uh, but anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, 
yeah, it's a great milestone for uh, Hendrick. Obviously, he's had a phenomenal career. He's gotten, he's always had decent drivers. Has a great alliance with Chevy, and he just knows what he's got it figured out right now. He's got put people in the right place. He's got a really good group of young drivers, and uh, I think he increases the win total over the next this year for sure and for oh, years yeah. to come. So you don't. You hate to say he's going to win a bunch of races. You don't really want to see one team dominate a sport so much as as what he is at the moment. I mean, I'm okay with it. My driver's doing well, so I'm not going to complain too much. Like Chris said, whatever they did through the summer or through the winter, and we have a couple thoughts on that, has just helped immensely. Mm-hmm. And it was a matter of time before he got the record anyway. I mean, it's not like he wasn't ever going to break it. He was right there, so... Yeah. Um, congratulations to Hendrick Motorsports, and I'm sure there's quite a few more wins to come after that. All right, so but this is actually what I want to talk about. Uh, Amos, you brought up dominance in the sport right now, and you know no one loves to see it unless you know you are a fan, um, which I don't mind it honestly. I mean, if Hendrick's the best, that's not his fault; that's everyone else's fault. So we kind of saw the thousands be dominated by Hendrick, right? Jeff Gordon, kind of in the early part of that decade. Jimmy Johnson throughout the rest of the decade. Uh, then the 10s, Hendrick was still competitive, but it wasn't necessarily what they were when Jimmy Johnson was rattling off all those championships. So my question, is the 20s, is the 2020s, is this decade, is it going to be dominated by Hendrick? I mean, I know it's early. Uh, I know we might be you know, kind of having a recency bias here, but they did get the championship last year with Elliott. Their cars look unstoppable right now. Is anyone willing to bet at this point that they're going to dominate this next decade with the drivers that they have driver lineup is very impressive equipment's working good right now yeah i don't know that they're going to be dominant going forward like next year when the next gen car comes in because it changes a lot that next gen car is going to change the whole what atmosphere i don't know it's going to change the landscape substantially sure because i think Slower running teams are going to be more competitive as a result of this car, the next gen car. I can't see them being dominant like they have been in the past and like other teams have been, you know. But I mean, really, guys, when you think about it, think how Stuart Haas and JGR, well, Kevin Harvick specifically, and Denny Hamlin last year, look at how they were just basically embarrassing everybody else, you know. So mm-hmm. it's cyclical. There's comers and there's goers in NASCAR, and right now everybody else is a is a goer, and Hendricks is you know coming on. So all right, so pretty much what Chris is saying, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but moving forward, the sport's going to change so much with technology and everything that we might not ever see something like Jimmy Johnson and what Hendrick did a, a decade ago, essentially fifteen, yeah. ten yeah. years ago. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Would you agree with that, Amos, or do you kind of have a different mindset here? Well, I'm not I'm not saying this just to be argumentative or push a different point, but I think I wouldn't use the word dominant for Hendricks. He's gonna get they're gonna get their wins. Like yeah. Chris said, they have an impressive driver lineup. It's young. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're gonna get their wins. Joe Gibbs Racing's gonna get theirs. Stuart Haas is gonna figure it out. They'll get theirs. Penske, he's not going anywhere. He's been in the business long enough. He's not going to let a Chevy and Hendrick beat him up. He's going to go to. Yeah. The, he's <laughs> going to figure it out. He's going to pull the drivers aside. 
Stop racing each other hard. <laughs> Bring the drive, the crew chiefs, the car chiefs in. Let's get it figured out. I agree to a point that the next gen car is going to change the landscape. But I've said it a million times on the show. You give a NASCAR engineer an inch, he's going to create a mile. Mm-hmm. He's going to create a huge gap. We had this with the current car and setup and everything we're running now. They had the same thing. Oh, this is going to make it so that the lesser teams are going to be more competitive. You're not going to need the same amount of money. And I think NASCAR learned from that. They're going to, from what I understand, a lot of the parts and odds and ends are going to have to go through NASCAR. They're not going to allow a NASCAR, like a Hendrick engineer, to create a the lug nut, the single lug nut. That's... NASCAR. Every team has to buy it from NASCAR. They can't take, create their own, and use that, and then everybody else start buying or figuring it out. So I understand where NASCAR is coming from that aspect, and that should keep the costs down. But when it comes down to it, they're gonna they're gonna find the gray areas. They're gonna massage them cars. They're paying these engineers oodles of money. JGR, Team Penske. Hendrick Motorsport, Stuart Haas, they're still going to get a lion's share of the wins. They're going to be the ones running out front week in, week out. I honestly just don't see, and I'm not singling them out for any other reason than that comes to my mind, but Rick Ware, he's not going to get multiple race wins next year. It's not going to happen. NASCAR wants that. That's how they pitch the new car. They have to bring in new cars every so often. They have to try and level the playing field. Reset it, but I think it's going to be exciting the first year. By the time we're 15 races in, them four big teams, they're going to have it figured out and go from there. So. All right, all right. Well, um, so it kind of seems like a no from you guys to the question overall, I guess. You know, well, he's we, not. We got to go. They're, yeah, they're not going to dominate, but yeah. they're going to get their share of wins like they have yeah. all the way to this mm-hmm. point. So we are going to go to a break, but I just I do want to leave you with this. I would argue that all their drivers are young. And this is why I pitched the question to you, because all their drivers are very young. You know, I don't think what any of them are even close to 30. For the, no. Maybe even... I don't think all of them are even close to 25. Well, <laughs> they're Bowman between 25 and 30, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I was going to... But Kyle Larson's probably... Put, probably He's the elder statesman. probably the oldest Kyle Larson all. is probably the oldest of the four. Yeah, yeah. right. All right, so yeah. <laughs> this is why I pitched the question, though. They're all very young. We've seen longevity with NASCAR drivers. They could be in those seats 10, 15 more years, let's just say. I would argue that they have, right now, the best road course driver on the circuit. They have an excellent a super speedway driver in Alex Bowman. We've seen what he can do at the Daytona 500. Uh, Kyle Larson's turned into the master of the half mile at this point. I mean, I know you know Kevin Harvick and Truex and Keselowski, but... Larson's starting to dominate well, these half miles. And mile Byron, and sorry, uh, mile and a half. And Byron does not, he can do anything. He can race on every track. So yeah. they have a major player at no matter what track they go to. And Byron is good at all of them. So, and combine that with the equipment, the age, the experience of that organization. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see this decade being dominated by. You know, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, and William Byron. So you know the funny thing about Kyle Larson is, and I wrote this down and I lost it, but he went, he went and raced a late model on Monday. Yeah, just absolutely dominated the entire race. Yeah, you know, I mean, so he so he wins at Charlotte, and then he goes and races a late model. Now that's a completely different type of car. 
than the NASCAR car and and dominated. So, the, I mean, it comes back to what we said earlier in the year. He literally can drive. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get into a desert truck and just, you know, stink up the show. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump in an F1 car and race with those F1 guys. I mean, yeah. honestly, he's so talented no yeah, matter what he does. I mean, it's so. amazing. All right. Uh, we got to go to a break. We are running pretty long here, so, you know, we we talked a lot more about the recap. Well, we didn't really talk about the recap. We actually talked a lot about <laughs> this subject. Right we did here. a lot of speculating. Well, that's yes, what, go but that's where the news is. It, yeah. The news wasn't the race because Hendrick yeah. kicked everybody's trash. Right. It was how Hendrick is kicking everybody's trash that's interesting. So yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to come back. We're going to winners and losers from Charlotte projected playoff standings up to this point after this week. Um, they're not much to preview at Sonoma. I mean, I think we kind of know what we're going to get there uh, as far as – you know, what the track is like. It ain't going to be a circuits <laughs> of America, though. Hopefully not. No right. rain. And Although I think California yeah. would love that kind of a rainstorm <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> then we'll make our picks, play our game, and uh, that's what you can expect on the second half, guys. So we'll try and run through the preview a little quicker than you know the recap because I said we were going to go through the Are recap. Are you saying something, Ty? No, Telling no. us to... Hey, I, you I'm in charge of the, you started this. No, I'm in charge of the recap. So that, yep, this is on but me. you started. Yeah, no, I know. This. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, so let's go to a break. We'll come back, guys. Uh, more to come. Break. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on the show today. Uh, sorry, you know, coming to you late, but it's kind of a chaotic weekend. Better late than never. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, it's kind of a chaotic weekend, so we're here. You know, you, you'll get a day to listen to it, I guess, right? As we've talked, Ty, the, it was a good race. There uh, was good racing. My pick won. My driver was second, so I'm very ecstatic. But it was, you know, a pretty just kind of mellow race, so. Yeah, right. All right, uh, reminder, guys, subscribe to the podcast or, uh, you know, leave us a review on the platform you're listening on. It really helps the show. Uh, I've noticed since, you know, I've been saying this to you guys that it's actually increased our listenership. So if you guys do enjoy what we do or, you know, you like, you're a fan of Chris's pessimistic ways or Amos's rambling nons of speculation, uh, leave a review. Let us know how you feel. It's not pessimism. It's (laughs) realism. Uh, We like five stars on this show, of course. But, yeah, if if you guys would recommend our show to others, leaving us a review is a good way to do it. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I said this on the the UFC show, guys, um, and I haven't told you, but we are going to go – to video for not not the the podcast but just uh we're just gonna and i know i'm gonna have to help you guys with this because you're not too tech savvy um (laughs) but we're gonna start you know videoing our opinions and putting them out there on social media so well i'm going to i I had a thought you guys are invited to it you know i had a thought the other day yeah so are people actually sending emails no no I tell them to, and they never do. So that's on you guys. No. They must not. They must get everything they need from. Maybe the they're show afraid to send an email because they know how cantankerous we are, and we'll take them on over the air. We Amos meet is him. Yeah, well, Joe. I was in, actually thinking Amos. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Joe in Arizona said, <laughs> "Well, uh, Joe, this is why you're. <laughs> this is why you're wrong. Uh, no, we. So we are gonna go like. I don't know what the word is. Video. I don't know. That's what I'm calling them. So. Get ready, guys. It's yeah. going to be fun. I, this I, I face see is Amos's. made for radio, not for video. 
Nah, you don't gotta look good. Have to you be on seen TikTok some of the guys stuff. on video? Yeah, you're good. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's let's recap our picks from this show before we go into the winners and losers. Yeah, good week for Amos. You can see he's already hamming it up over here. Uh, all right, so our categories were race winner, uh, non quote unquote top four team, top finisher. Um, so our cars, ex- our teams excluded were Hendrick, JGR, Stuart Haas, and Penske. So you know. You guys get the gist. And our running theme here, where does Joey Logano finish? Uh, so we did all of our favorite drivers the last three weeks here. Uh, and I feel very good about that pick, by the way. Uh, all right, so first place finisher. I went with Ryan Blaney. Wasn't great. Finished 13th, had some problems. Chris, you went with Denny Hamlin. He raced fine, finished 7th. And Amos, spot on for the second week in a row. Ooh, Must yeah. feel good. Uh, Kyle Larson in first place. So... What's going on here, Chris? He's got two correct answers right on the dot two weeks in well, a row. Okay, so look at it like this. You have the first pick. I, like, yeah, You I know. do know that you could pick someone better. I know, but see, here's the deal. I, I just can't bring myself to pick a Hendrick Motorsports driver. <laughs> what? And right now, that's picking the low fruit off of the tree. Oh. Because you figure that any one of the four could potentially win any race. So what you're saying is Amos is taking the easy road. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm kicking all your asses. So well, however you want to put it is <laughs> I'm still kicking everyone's me. ass, actually. I'm still uh, <laughs> I'm all catching right. up. So Amos, spot on on that one. All right, our non-top four top finisher. So the highest non-top four car ended up being Austin Dillon in sixth. Furthest away was me, Ross Chastain, in 37th. Fantastic. <laughs> Super. <laughs> it was not a good week to pick Chip Ganassi. I'll tell you that. Uh, Chris, you went with Ryan Newman. You probably should have went with the other Roush car because he finished actually higher than Amos's pick of Tyler Reddick in ninth. So, you know, decent from decent from Amos. I think yeah, he picked the third know, highest car. So yeah, there, nice. there was a point in the race where I was thinking, why did I pick Ryan Newman? <laughs> well, he was racing well. He, was, he just he got hit by the tire bugs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I mean, he was still oh, running when that behind ti- my guy. And but, when that tire know. blew, it did. It man, blew. did he slam the wall? All right. So where does Joey Logano finish? Furthest from Chris. You said he was going to have a fantastic race. Finished fifth. Did I say you that? Do, he, Chris has not done good at this did prediction. Did I say that? Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, Amos, oh you kind of was trying to undercut him. What was him. I thinking? You were trying to put me in a tough spot by picking 10th. I decided to go above you and say that he wasn't going to have a good race, which he didn't. I picked 17th. He finished 17th. Oh, wow. Dang, okay. I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What'd you do? Driver. Send him an email and say, dude, I got money writing on this. <laughs> finishing 17th for me. All right, uh, so two points for Amos, none for Chris, one for me. That brings our season standings to 16 points for me, 12 for Amos, 8 for Chris. Chris, you're falling behind, man. You you need you need some points this weekend at Sonoma. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let, let's talk about some, uh, the winners and losers from Charlotte then just to kind of wrap us up and get us on the road to California. <sighs> what a sentence that is. Uh <laughs> Yeah, nobody's saying that anymore. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, what What did we think for winners and losers? Uh, Chris, I want to start with you. Let's give them both at the same time, winners and losers. Losers are 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. I'll let you guess who that is. Oh, Stuart Haas. Yeah. All right, so it's a running theme Yeah. <laughs> for Chris. Yeah. yeah. 
I see. This <laughs> and, is, you we, know, we might as well not even ask you a loser because Chris is always like Stuart just, Haas. But I hate it because week. Stuart. I mean, it's just it's, it's your team. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Hendrick right. is the winner. Hendrick's big the winner. winner. All right. Very but simple from Chris. I have huh? one caveat on that. Uh huh. I want to say that Chris Busher finishing in the top ten. Yeah. Was very impressive. All right, uh, so winner for me, I got to go with RCR. I mean, I, you said Hendrick, so you know we don't got to re- reiterate that point. But I'll go with RCR, man. I mean, top 10 finishes from both our guys. Uh, highest non-top four finisher car with Dylan, another very high finish for Redick. I, I know that you know we've said this, but I do think that the wins are coming for those two. We just got to be patient. I think before the season ends, we'll have – them winning i don't know if it'll be before the chase starts but uh we'll see losers i mean i don't know it's tough to say chip canassi obviously didn't have a good week but that was kind of not their fault necessarily that was the cars and you know they do have influence over that i don't necessarily have a loser for say i mean chris already took the easy one with Stuart haas they just didn't race well super well so but yeah i mean it sucked to see the one and the 42 have their problems uh amos we'll finish up with you here Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, my winner, Kyle Busch, he's running well. Um, mm, he's wow. Starting okay. To gr- yeah, boy. Words, to- hold on, hold on. Go back. <laughs> I know. We, we need, need to, re- to rewind yeah. and record that. Well, I mean, <laughs> words no I never thought I'd hear. Sure, and it's it's hard to <laughs> utter them words. But Kyle Busch is running well, and he's regaining some form. So he's got some decent tracks coming up that's going to kind of help him out. And you can't d- deny, I mean, whether you like the guy or not, he's racing well. He's kind of got it figured out. He's up there with the Hendrick guys. Um, my loser, I'm going to go with uh, Kurt Busch and poor old Ryan Blaney. I know oh, Ryan, Ryan Blaney. Blaney. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, I know he has a win. I know he salvaged a 13th place finish, but he's got to keep up. He's got to start showing more consistently consistency. I know some of these finishes aren't necessarily his fault, but it's like I've said before, kind of when we're talking about Eric Amarillo and guys like that, you can't. You create your own luck by getting your car prepared, being up front, staying up front. You get in the middle of the pack or in the back, you're not necessarily running with your own, you know, in your own destiny. You're mm-hmm. kind of, you're, <laughs> that's why they're, you don't want to be in the back. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully he can kind of start to get some stuff figured out through this summer schedule. Um, I, and <laughs> Kurt Bush. <laughs> Not much you can do there. Yeah, man. you mean, know, he just tough. he's just hit. He's just got some bad luck lately. And, yeah. You know, it's so weird to see him so positive after all the bad luck he's had. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, kind of a loser. I think he was expecting a lot more this year. I, yeah, I think a lot I of people was. were. So, you know, we'll see. I know well, I was. Well, I, I, must, I must say, in Ryan Blaney's defense, he did finish the second highest on Penske. I mean, Kislowski wasn't too far in front of him. Matt DeBetta, Dad, and Logano were both behind him. So, you know, I, I will have to say that just to kind of defend my, my pick from the weekend. Well, uh, you know. and he is currently seventh in the playoff standings. Yeah, well, so. let's get to that, Chris. Give us the projected playoff standings <sighs> after Charlotte. Uh, mm. So this is not the point standings, guys. So if you're looking on NASCAR.com, you know, you can find the projected playoff standings, uh, but it'll give you the point standings off the bat. So keep in mind, not the point standings, projected playoff standings. What do you got for us, Chris? In number 16 is Chris Busher, and I think he moved up from 17th last week. So, yeah. Back in it. <laughs> yeah, he's back in it. Uh, Tyler Reddick at 15, a uh, RCR car. 
Austin Dillon at 14, another RCR car. So those, you know, I think they might be the quiet guys, movers, you know. Down, yeah. Going up, yeah. I think you got something to it. Kevin Harvick, I think, is on his downward spiral again. He's in 13th. The wind's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12th is Denny Hamlin, who is the current point leader. Which technically would put him in first, though, right? Like, If we had 16 winners, 17 winners, shall we say, if we had 17 winners, Denny Hamlin would still get into the chase. As the point leader. As, like, in 16th place? So, I, I don't want to sidetrack no, too I, long on this, but, well, like... I, yeah, I don't know how that works. If you are the overall points leader, are you number one still in the chase? <clears throat> no. So, it, it is. It's wins over anything, right? Wins okay. over anything. Okay. But he will be in the chase because he is the he regular just, season well, champion. I guess Let's, he would be the 16th person. I would like to point out that there are now three guys within 100 points of him. And this is the first time this season that some that three cars have been this close. Larson and Byron are both seventy six points behind him now, so I'll, I'll put that out there. We'll we'll <clears> see what happens with Hamlin. Sorry, keep going, Chris. Though no, moving on. Number eleven is Michael McDowell. Which man, you got to hand it to Woo! him. He's, uh, he's, that's that's our winners now, right? So we're into the winners. Yeah. Oh yeah, one winner. Right. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Christopher Bell at number ten with one win. Uh, Brad Keselowski at number nine with one win. Hmm. Kyle Busch at number eight with one win. Ryan Blaney at number seven with one win. Joey Logano at number six with one win. Hmm. Chase Elliott now at number five with one win. Uh, I think William Byron fell a spot. He's Well, it's because he's, he's not winning and his teammates are. So, yeah, but yeah. he has a win and he's in fourth. Third is Alex Bowman with two wins. Second is Kyle Larson now with two wins. Hmm. And in first place, number 19, Martin Truex with three wins. Yeah. Holding so, on to that spot, man. So if you look at it, I mean, Hendrick is second, third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah. As as a team. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. You know. Yeah, if you're <laughs> you, Hendrick, Like, you don't yeah. know which car to cheer for because yeah. they can all win. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, let's move on to Sonoma, guys. Uh, I mean, you know, I think we've well wrapped up the coke 600 uh we're going back to charlotte one more time though right yeah it, it'll be the roval oh the roval yeah the Ugh. roval Ugh. i don't like the roval i know you hate the roval it's got to be it's... my least favorite track on the entire I circuit think it's kind of neat particularly that last turn Ugh. when somebody decides to throw it all away <laughs> in an effort to try to get to first all right and so takes out three cars we will be back in charlotte um in the playoffs, right, for the Roval. Uh, yes. So let's move on to Sonoma. Uh, we'll start off with some history of this track from our resident old man history expert on the show. Uh, what do you got for mm. us in Sonoma, Chris? Well, Sonoma is quite a large facility. It has a drag tra- drag track, drag race facility. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> quarter mile, uh, which kind of runs down. So the way Sonoma's set up is it has an upper part, and it's got, well, I, I can't remember. There, there's like eight or nine turns, dog legs, whatever. Well, that's Amos's department, so yeah. Yeah, but well, but what I'm getting at is, is the drag strip runs parallel to those. Okay, I see. So that was why. I wasn't trying to steal your thunder, Amos. <laughs> anyway, really got its fame. It used to be called Sears Point hmm. uh, in California, and then uh, they renamed it to Sonoma Raceway at Sears Point. It really got its dominance going because... There used to be a very famous track down in Riverside, California, that actually the NASCAR 
uh, season started in Riverside, not Daytona like it does now. It oh, used, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it used to start in Riverside. And, and with the closure of that track, uh, they moved the road course race up to uh, Sears Point or Sonoma. Uh, in 2002 it is when it got its rename from Sears Point to Sonoma. Um, the track was actually set up in 1968 and pretty much raced under the configuration that configuration till 1979. And then in 1980, they had another ownership change. Uh, anyway, it's been up and down the uh, course or the organization with Bruton Smith. I'm drawing a blank. IMS. Yeah. They IMS. they bought the circuit and and more or less it's just been on an upward climb ever since as far as improvements in facilities and that sort of thing. There's not really a colorful history involved in it. It is a very neat course if you ever watched it in the fact that it has a really drastic elevation change with yeah, two or three turns. Yeah, it's super in it. weird. Yeah. And then the ninth, I think they call it the ninth turn. Anyway, where it turns onto the main stretch, it's a really tight 90-degree turn. Very cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a neat race to watch. And, and they, they race a lot of vintage race cars there. Oh. And it's pretty neat to watch the vintage race cars go around that track, particularly when they're dropping down. I can't remember what they call that, Amos. Quick question. Do they have an IndyCar race on this track? Yes. Do you know? Okay, so they do, yeah. Yes, they still have an IndyCar race on it. So that's kind of all I got. All right, cool. So, you know, I mean, it's a road course type of track. I don't, it doesn't carry as much history as some of these other more traditional type of tracks in NASCAR. Um, but it has been around for a while still, right? So, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been around. I mean, for... Watkins Glen and Sonoma, kind of the original road courses, right? No. Well, original road courses were Watkins Glen and Riverside. Mm. And then when Riverside got closed, it's now a parking lot and a shopping mall. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Then they moved up to Sonoma. Mm. So, so kind of original. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, they paved over my racetrack and put up a parking lot. <laughs> I see. All right. Uh, Amos, give us a track layout. Obviously, you know, road course, we know we're going to get a lot of turns, but how many? Yes. So it is a 2.5 mile asphalt road course, 12 turns. As Chris mentioned, there is a lot of elevation change in this track. Uh, it is pretty cool. You can see the layout of the track, and the drag strip runs right through the middle of it, so utilizes some good areas in the track. Um, some, it's actually some pretty decent racing uh, at Sonoma. There's some good uh, braking zones where you can get some passes on guys. There's not a lot of – I don't feel like there's a lot of cautions that's going to be in play at this race. It's a very technical track. I think you got a lot of pit strategy. Uh, it is uh, one of the – uh, road course races where we pit opposite of the normal style of pits so they're uh, yeah. working it's from on the, the opposite, opposite side, side yeah. and back mm -hmm. yeah very oh, I, unique. Didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that about Sonoma. it's really hmm. it's really uh it really throws you for a loop when you watch the first pit stop and they're running to the wrong side of the car they start on the driver's side and go to off to the passenger side so it's really it'll get you um but, yeah, this track inevitably comes down to pit strategy, fuel consumption. you got to be technical. It's not real forgiving in certain areas. If, you're not, if your car's not set up well because of being so technical, you will know in a hurry. So uh, pretty decent race. Uh, there will actually be 15,000 fans in attendance. 
No practice, no qualifying. Kyle Larson will start from the pole, Chase Elliott outside pole. So it's not looking good for anybody outside of Hendrick Motorsports at this point. So what's the no. crowd going to be like there? Are they allowing a crowd in? Yeah, 15,000. Oh, uh, yeah. Seating well, capacity be. normally is around 50,000, but there's going to be 15. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it should. I mean, it's going to be a good race weekend. We we missed Sonoma last year because of the pandemic and the shutdown in California. So pretty cool to see them open and having a major event in California. All right, um, style of racing. Anything else to add? I mean, it's it's road course style. Right? It's road course. It's, it's I mean, very yeah. I don't know how. I mean, yeah, it's technical. Like, there's not going to be a great deal of speed. They're not carrying speed through a lot of these corners. You got to be technical. You got to stay off the turtles. Stay on the track. If you get off the track, there's a lot of dirt and gravel, yeah, so you dirt, will right? stay off the track. Um, there's and. Now, just because there's not a lot of speed doesn't mean that, that you cannot pass it. There's good braking zones to pass, There's, and that's why I say it's technical. If you have a, a good handling car, you can handle the corners, you're staying on track, you're going to get set the, dry, the car in front of you set up well, pass them in the corner, you're going to get a good rear grip coming out to make the pass. Watkins Glen is is a very is more about speed. It's less technical. There's there's more straights. There's more yeah. straights that you can carry your speed for passing, and then you just smash on the brakes, hope that it holds, and you make the corner. <laughs> um, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to compare like Sonoma to the last road course race we watched with Circuits of America because it's different. Yeah. It was it is different, but. The rain just kind of give well, you a false and perception I would of how say, it's going to be. I would say at Circuits of the America, lots more turns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and more I feel turns. like it was bigger, right? It was longer track. It is a bigger track. There are more turns. The The turns at Circuit of America is, is very... They're more technical. There's more hard well, turns. Lots it's of because it's so it's set up for an F1, F1 type sure. of race or indie type of yep. race. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Sonoma's more geared towards... If it's not geared towards NASCAR, but it's more forgiving for NASCAR, I, I feel think, like yeah. Watkins Glen is set up the same way. So that's why you've seen them two tracks be road course. Oh yeah, on the road, yeah, yeah in, year in year out. So, but um, if you're a road course enthusiast, this will be a good race to watch. Yeah, I I would say that this is, you know, Watkins Glen is okay. I know Amos, you really like Watkins Glen. Yeah. Um, I'd say Sonoma is more of my favorite when it comes to the road courses that we see in NASCAR. Honestly, um, you know, and I know it's a video game, but playing that, playing that track on NASCAR Heat is actually pretty fun. So, yeah, um, very technical track. So, should we get into the picks, guys? Or Chris, did you want to add anything to this no. style? No. Okay. Well, I, think I mean, I know you're quiet over there, so mm-hmm. had to had to I'm check. Trying to be more respectful. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I mean. He's Cecil. he's talking up my guy, and uh, so I just want to stay. Oh, I see, I see. Low key, you know. All right, so let's get to the picks. Uh, the categories this week are going to be uh, race winner, as always, uh, fastest lap time. So that one could be tough. I mean, it's kind of up in the air when it comes to a road course on who actually records the fastest lap. Sometimes it's not always the winner. Um, and our last category: Will the winner be from Hendrick? question it's just yes or no question uh gotta get it right yeah good everyone's good all right so chris we're gonna start with you since you are lowest in the points right now you get the first pick who's gonna be your race winner in sonoma kyle bush okay okay surprise knock me over with a feather here um worth mentioning sorry i was gonna mention this before 
technically no defending champion because we didn't race there last year, but Martin Truex has won the two previous races before that. So technically he's kind of like two-time defending champion on this track. Uh, but, Chris, you're going to go Kyle Busch. Amos, you're next. What do you got? I'm I screwed that up. I should have paid. I'm a homer. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Chase Elliott. All right. So the top two picks are most likely off the board there uh, with Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. So I think there's a few options on this track outside of those two, honestly. Like, I think those are the favorites. I'd say Kurt Busch, but I don't know how that's going to go for him. He does have a win or two on this track. Martin Truex could be a good answer, too, because, you know, two-time defending champion, technically. And I like William Byron on this track, too. So, no, I I don't know about that. Go with William Byron. I'm, you know, (sighs) I'm going to make this same decision again, like I made at Circuits of the America. I'm going to go Kurt Busch. Kind of screwed me over on the last one. Uh, but you got to hand it to him for missing two cars. Yeah, while you being do. totally and completely out uh, of control. All right, yeah. So I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Once again, you guys are taking the best pick, so I'll, I'll just kind of go with someone I, I I want to win. How about that? <laughs> fastest lap time, guys. Uh, what do we think for fastest lap time, Chris? Let's start with you. I you, you know, I might go with Christopher Bell on that. Okay, Christopher Bell. All right. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I'm a homer. I'll just go with uh, <laughs> Kyle Larson. <laughs> Oh, oh, Kyle. Oh, that surprised me because I thought you were going to say Tyler Reddick. No. Okay, I, I don't know how he got on the poll. I, that was surprising to me. Um, oh, all right, yeah. so I am going to go with the smarter choice on this one, uh, and I'm going to take Martin Truex. Yeah, he was – if yeah, Chris put, stuck with Mar, or, uh, Kyle Larson, that too, I was going to take. My wife's out mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she all was right. coming in the window. So, Amos, you did pick a Hendrick car to win this race. So are you going to say yes? So this is how it works, guys. we got to keep in mind. Just because you, you say that Kyle Busch, Chase Haley, or me with Kurt Busch are going to win the race, that's not necessarily saying that or that's your pick. Not necessarily saying they'll win or they'll just be the highest finisher because sometimes you know you can play that strategy. You know, Chris, are you going to say no to a Hendrick car winning the race? No, I'm not going to say no to a Hendrick car winning the race. <laughs> so yes, a Hendrick car does win the race? No, Kyle Busch is going to win the race. Okay, so no. Amos? Yes. Yes. Until somebody meets all four of them drivers out back and breaks their legs, I don't see anybody beating Hendrick. All right. Well, and I'm not sure breaking their legs would slow them down. I'm going to play. Maybe a, an arm, but. <laughs> I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say, yes, a Hendrick Carr does win the race, even though I didn't pick a Hendrick Carr because I think Chase Hill is going to win. So, But I can't pick him. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't want to hear it. I'm up by four points on you. Let's. Not for long. Let's talk uh, anything else. Anything else? I think they're all great picks. You said we, that last week. You forgot yeah, where Ryan is Joy Le, You forgot where is Joey Lagana going to finish? Nah, we moved on from that category. Yeah, right he's, now. he's 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 sick of trying to figure out where Joey Lagana's going <laughs> to. He got it right Aren't on last week. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Nothing else. We're good. Uh, yeah, I'm great. Okay, so uh, let's let's play the game then, guys. Yeah. We're going out to Sonoma. Just a quick refresher. Chris has went with Kyle Busch. Amos went with Chase Elliott. My opinion is going to be one of them, so I just picked Kyle Busch for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> picked who? Oh, Kurt uh, Busch. Kurt Busch, sorry. Picked Kurt Busch for the hell of it. And, uh, yeah. Well, why didn't you pick Martin Truex? I don't know. He's a three-time winner. Could happen. Sure, could happen. but he has not been running well lately. Agreed. He but he might turn it around this week. Very optimistic. I don't think he wow. has to turn it around. That's the thing. Like, he's in the catbird seat right now. He can, he can, 
experiment and get away with a few things. Well, that's so, true. You're that's probably true. spot on yeah, with that. I, you know, so. Yeah, but he doesn't need to experiment at a place like Sonoma. They're not going back there. So Sure, but the road course experience, yeah. just because you're not racing there in the chase, doesn't. You, there are future road course races. So. I agree. All right, uh, so let's play our game, guys. If you don't know how it works, you'll catch on real quick. Uh, fun little game that we like to play here. Wait a minute. <laughs> it, it, it is? Oh, it's, who, said, uh, oh, oh God, who okay. said we like to play this game? It's a game. fun game for me to it's play with It's more like guys. we're subjected to it if we want to stay on the podcast. Wow, wow. wow. No, okay. it's a good game. It's just I wish I was as knowledgeable as I think I am. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Uh, Amos, Amos doing the last studying over here, looking at his, his notes. Uh, all right. So just a quick reminder, guys. Amos is up by two points on Chris. He's taken the first lead of the year. Yes. Uh, 33 to 31. Chris, uh, you haven't had good performances the last few weeks. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think as long as I keep peaking. <laughs> Picking Hendrick drivers, I'm going to catch up here pretty quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So we don't have uh, many races to go off of as far as compared to some other tracks. We do have uh, history going back to 1989 on this track. So we'll, we'll start in 1993. And Chris, you are up first. So 1993, <sighs> do you want your first clue? Yes, please. All right. This was the only win... Uh, for me, this this season in 1993. Oh God, that's a really great clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about Bobby Labonte? Bobby Labonte, no. All right. Bo- how did you say that, Bobby Labonte? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. Uh, all right, 1993, only win of this season. Amos, I was driving a red motorcraft. Bill Elliott. No, not Bill Elliott. All right, next clue, Chris. I was Rookie of the Year in 1982. Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty, no, no. What? All right, 1993 winner, only win this season, Rookie of the Year in 92. My teammate was number seven, Lake Speed. Okay, that's not helping. That's the guy's (laughs) name, Lake Speed? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that was his name. That was the actual guy. Really? Uh, Rusty Wallace. No, no. All right, Chris, are are you turned on to this one now? Okay, give me all the clues again. All right, so you do have one more clue, too. So this, this, okay. I think this one actually might give it away. Uh, lucky for you. 1993 winner, only win of this season, driving a red motorcraft, rookie of the year in 1982. This season I had a teammate named Scott Speed, who, or, sorry, Lake Speed, who drove the number seven. And I'm a host favorite of Chris's. A host favorite of mine? Yeah. Currently or past? Well, past, in 1993. Like, okay, so we all kind of have, like, our favorite drivers. This is a driver that I would say Chris mentions from time to time on the show. Buddy Baker? (laughs) Okay, so you're along the the right lines there, right? Uh, But no, 1993 winner, racing for Budmore Engineering. Amos, what do you got? You each get one more guess, because that was our final clue. That was the final clue. Um, It's Chris's favorite host, like TV host? No, 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 like, I say host favorite, so we're like, we're the host. It's a host favorite for Chris. So, you know. Oh. Holy crap. I'm drawing a complete yeah, blank. Yeah, well, me too. Maybe he's not a host favorite then. Um, I'm trying to think here. Wow. Who's host favorite? Yeah. Um, All right. No, we're going to pass on yeah, Amos. I, Chris. Drawing a complete blank. You get the last guess. Ricky Craven. Ricky Craven. No. All right. The correct answer is Jeffrey Bodine. <laughs> You bring up Jeffrey Bodine all the time when we talk about NASCAR. What do you, Chris is shaking his head over there. No, I'm not. 
Jeffrey what number Bo was died in '93. Number fifteen. Oh well, hell! If you'd have said that, I'd have known it right off the oh, top of yeah, my head. Oh yeah, I'm sure. He <laughs> was... I said Budmore Engineer Racing, uh, and we just okay. had a history he's lesson a... about Re... how him and anyways, sorry. Re... He's the guy that's driven for about 114 teams, and there hasn't even been that many in NASCAR, <laughs> if you recall. I told you, his favorite. All right, <laughs> we're going to 2007. No one got a point there, so. That's okay for Chris, I guess, but good for Amos, too. Uh, 2007, Amos, you're at first. Okay. I didn't even know Jeff Brodine knew how to turn right. <laughs> Do you want Just to, saying. You That's want to, where he <laughs> come up with the uh, bobsled deal. Oh. Because so. of the road course. No, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying. <laughs> 2007, winner. First clue. Amos, hey, stop looking. He's trying to cheat over no, here. No, I wasn't uh, listening intently. First win for Dodge in this race. First Wait a of, minute. Wait a minute. First of three. So, so Dodge has won this thing he was, three times. He was in a Dodge. He was in a Dodge. First time that they won a, in a Dodge since in 2007. First of three. I think this is, I don't think this is correct, but I'm going to go with Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon, no. All right. Next clue to Chris. Uh, so first win for Dodge in 2007. Spent a lot of time racing outside of NASCAR. Trying to think. Of, I'm going to pull one out of the hat here. i got to think of his name. Boris said. Boris said. No. no, no. All right, next clue. Amos knows who he is. My time yes. spent outside of NASCAR was in F1. Oh, Juan Pablo Montoya. <laughs> there you go. Juan, Juan Pablo, Pablo that, Montoya. How can you forget that? Like, hey, what's your name? Amos Crystal. How about you? Juan Pablo Montoya. I mean, dude, that's the next, a killer name. The next guess, or the next clue was going to be the best one. <laughs> I'm iconic for hitting something with my car. <laughs> hey, yes. For what it's yeah. worth, it was in the number 41 target car for Chip Ganassi. 42. Oh, 42. 42. Oh, yeah, Close. 42. All right, uh, yeah, so 2007, Juan Pablo Montoya wins the race here. Amos, my name is Juan Pablo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. die. <laughs> yeah, down, Jitter, down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to 2004. Chris, you're going to get the first uh, pick again? here. Yes. Uh, first clue for 2004 winner at Sonoma. I won five races this year. Oh, heck, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, no. All right, I finished third in the season standings with five wins. Jeff 2004. Gordon. Jeff Gordon is correct. And down goes Chris. Two nothing. My, that would have been my second choice. That was your next choice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are on to 2016. Chris, first clue. Only win this season. Who's that Australian driver? The guy that was racing. Yeah, I don't know. I got to pass. I know who you're talking about. Uh, all right. <laughs> was that right? <laughs> 2016 winner. Only win this season. One of my teammates was Danica Patrick. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. No. Chris is still looking confused. Uh, <laughs> all right. 2016 winner. Only win of the season. One of my teammates was Danica Patrick in the number 10. And I didn't race the first eight races this year because, yeah. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart is correct. All right. I figured that one would kind of give it away because I believe that was the year he broke his leg and had all that controversy go down. Uh, next clue, though, I think everyone would have got this. They call me Smoke. So, yeah. all right. Tony Stewart in 2016. I got a point. <laughs> I got a point. That might have been his, was that was his last. And it was one of your all-time favorite drivers. Was that his yeah. last win of his career? No. No? He no. won a whole bunch of races that year. He beat Carl Edwards out for the championship. In 2016? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
I don't remember. All right, next one. We'll have to Ooh, fact check we're that. We're going old school. I think, yeah. That, 1991. Chris, you get first clue. I was the first Ford to win this race. Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd. No. All right. I, I like the guess, though. All right, next clue to Amos. I also had a dad and a sibling that raced. I don't know if I'm thinking. Anyway, um, I'm going to say Terry Labonte. Terry Labonte, no. All right, so that was, that was pretty good, though. I mean, utilizing the get, the clue pretty well. 1991 winner, first Ford to win this race. I had a dad and a sibling that also raced, and I tragically died at the age of 32. Donnie Allison? Ooh, no. All right. So, uh, 1991 winner, first Ford to win, had a brother and a, da- and a sibling, had a dad and a sibling that also raced, and I died at an early age of 32 in a helicopter crash. Is it Davy Allison? It's Davy Allison. Yeah, that's right. You were in the right wheelhouse, Chris. Very close. Davy Allison. <laughs> you can thank me correct. now. <laughs> thank you. Right. So, yeah, Davy Allison uh, died in That's who I was thinking of. I just couldn't I pull the, the first na- name yeah. out. Yeah. Died in 1993 in that helicopter crash, as Chris told us earlier at Talladega, <laughs> with that very dark history. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't forget the Indian chief. One of those promising drivers, man. Uh, final score: three to one for Amos. Yes, Jeez. you increased the lead. I gave him that 32, last one. Kind of. I mean, I really thought you would have had it there. So I did have it. I just didn't have the right first name. What's you funny, Chris, being is I really feel like the clues and the order was really set up for you this this week. Yeah, being first, and, all five and questions. You scuffed it. You scuffed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know Jeffrey Bodine. He couldn't figure out Juan Pablo Montoya. Oh, this was rough. All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here unless anyone else has anything to say. I mean, Sonoma, fun track, I'd say. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Everyone's excited for this one. I mean, I'm sure it'll be as snoozer like the few of them but it'll be a good wow race. Okay. no it'll be a good race because my, my name is win. Juan Pablo Montoya <laughs> <laughs> all right uh four eastern on FS1 is going to be the start time and the channel guys so get into that should be fun uh Chris any anything else from you before oh, we get out of here yeah I'm good oh he's very dejected huh so yeah. sad all right so we're gonna get out of here <laughs> yeah you uh, can tell how broke up you are about it <laughs> we'll be back next week's to re- next week's next week to recap this Sonoma race, and then we get to look forward to the All-Star race. How about that, guys? Huh? And if you can figure out the format of the All-Star race, <laughs> right. I will just sit here and listen. We're going to dive into that uh, on next week's show, so it might get complicated and we might get confused, I'm sure, because it's very confusing. Uh, all right, so that's all we got. We'll get look, out of here. I've read through it like yeah. five times now. Yeah. I still have no clue what's going on. <laughs> All right, uh, be looking out for more shows. We're going to have a soccer show out probably tomorrow or something for the U.S. soccer and everything. So if you're interested in that, get on to it. If not, leave us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. All right, guys, have a good rest of your day. Peace out.